0: Hi, I'm Jackie
1: and I'm Sam
0: and we live in Orlando, Florida,
1: the theme park capital
0: of the world. We each have our own YouTube channels and in this podcast we'll be sharing more about our lives, our travels, our theme park enthusiasm, what's going on in the world and more and today we're back with episode 10 of Expedition Enthused, a theme
1: park podcast. We have made it to 10 episodes. We're in
0: the double digits.
1: Firstly, in our past nine episodes, so many people have been so amazing reaching out, giving us support and love on this new venture.
0: It's something we started for fun, for our enjoyment, a place to share things and talk about things that we talk about naturally all the time. Maybe don't fit exactly onto our YouTube channels, but are very much related.
1: And it's a nice change from video for us where we can just sit and chat about everything.
0: Thank you so much for supporting us for these first nine episodes. Now we're in the double digits. We really appreciate you being here. This is a really fun thing. And we're just excited to talk about so many cool things that we love. There is a lot of theme park news to talk about. And we're going to talk about that in the next episode, I think. Because in today's episode, this is going to be a Halloween Horror Nights 2023 special we are gonna go over the entire event with you share all the info maybe some of our tips for making the best of this event some lore some behind the scenes so get hyped because it's HHN 32 special
1: Halloween Horror Nights
0: 2023 everything
1: coming this year has now been announced so I think it's the perfect time to talk about what is coming what we're excited for which is a lot (laughs) and just have a little chat about one of our favorite theme park events in the whole world.
0: That's right. So this year we have 10 haunted houses, five scare zones, we have a returning show, we have new food and drink events. There's a lot. So let's get into it. We'll also talk about what our favorite things are, and maybe throw in some, you know, some of our tips for making the most of this, pretty much the nation's premier Halloween event.
1: I mean, that's what they call it.
0: That is what they call it. So, you know, we'll we'll just go with that. I I agree. I know Knott's Berry Farm is also an amazing Halloween event. And we'll talk about that in the future.
1: Celebrating 50 years this year.
0: Yeah, very exciting. We'll have more to say about that in an upcoming episode, I think.
1: Let's start with something that I think is on the forefront of many, many Horror Night fans. Super fans, I would say. Mm. Is do we have an icon come in?
0: Hmm. I think so We do.
1: I mean, at least uh, an icon as close as we're going to get in this modern era of Halloween Horror Nights.
0: I'd say he's an icon because he's really tied into the lore and the stories of Halloween Horror Nights. And I think that's what separates just kind of like a mascot from an icon, they haven't said that specifically, but you know.
1: Yeah. So, Doctor Oddfellow,
0: mm. he
1: is the overarching link between a lot of this year's event. And for a little bit of history on Doctor Oddfellow, this is not the first time he has appeared, or not really appeared, but has been a part of Halloween Horror Nights history.
0: So he goes back to the origins of Jack the Clown, who's probably the most known of the Halloween Horror Nights icons. And what is an icon? I know, you know, the diehard fans know, but maybe new people don't know. Do you want to just really quickly, Sam, kind of give what your take of an icon is?
1: Mm -hmm. So the first icon really is considered to be Jack the Clown. Mm. There were icons-ish of the event before, such as the Crypt Keeper was there one year, But Jack was really the first official icon. And since they introduced Jack at Halloween Horror Nights 10 in the year 2000, they created a singular character that links the event together and brings it together with a story. So following Jack, there was Eddie, his brother. There was the caretaker, the director, the storyteller. And then they did a Sweet 16 event, bringing those four back together. Mm Mm-hmm. And then at Halloween Horror Nights 19, there was The Usher.
0: <laughs> Fear was
1: 20. Lady Luck was 21. And Bloody Mary was 18. Mm. But Bloody Mary is controversial because she's not allowed to be mentioned.
0: Yeah, especially not three times. <laughs> this is all off the top of his head, by the way. Like, I know all this, but I don't know that I could say the exact years of everything <laughs> off the top of my head without looking. So this is very impressive.
1: I could just see you looking at me like, oh,
0: yeah, he does I'm know. just waiting for Chance also. Yeah.
1: And then Chance was there with Jack mm. for a few years, but she got but her own event at Halloween Horror Nights 26. Mm. And really, Halloween Horror Nights 26 was the last year... That there was an icon. And Halloween Horror Nights 26 was full icon, like marketing, house, mm. chance was everywhere, basically, a scare mm. zone. And then since then, the event has basically become the icon itself. It doesn't really need that person. Right. But for some people, that person really brings the event together. Mm. And for me, I'm very excited that this year, Dr. Oddfellow is seen as that person
0: what in my head separates the icons is that their original character. So like the Crypt Keeper, he's an intellectual property. Bloody Mary is, I guess, an intellectual property. I mean, it's an old folktale, but, but I guess now it's owned because of the movies and whatever.
1: There is a whole backstory with Bloody Mary and the rights to that character that mm, they right, are not right. allowed to use. Can't you even talk
0: about her. <laughs>
1: yeah, can't, you can't talk about her, which is probably Scary. a good thing. If
0: you- <laughs> Halloween Horror Nights 30, the year before last, they brought Jack back, but not just Jack.
1: The they, whole gang. The
0: whole gang. The icon's house, remember? And at the end of the house, you would get a different icon winning at the end of the house, like yeah. depending on your walkthrough.
1: And Bloody Mary was in that sort of, with just some mirrors. shattering mirrors, yeah. but you did not see her. You She has a whole backstory and character created for the Horror Nights version of Bloody Mary with mm. Dr. Mary Agana. Mm. But... This year, Dr. Oddfellow is kind of cool because he is not new.
0: Right. But they have fleshed out his backstory. He was a character and he inadvertently created his immortality. But that's all sort of newly created, fleshed out story for him, right?
1: Yeah. So at Halloween Horror Nights 10, Dr. Oddfellow's circus or carnival was where Jack worked. And Jack did some very naughty things. And he told Dr. Oddfellow and to protect himself, Dr. Oddfellow ended up killing Jack mm. and stuffing him in his box. Jack in his box is Oh, iconic. a Jack in the box. But it has now been revealed there is more to this story.
0: Ooh. Jack
1: later went back at Halloween Horror Nights 17 to kill Dr. Oddfellow and did. Mm. But turns out Dr. Oddfellow is immortal. And Dr. Oddfellow gave Jack his immortality, as you said.
0: Accidentally, he didn't mean to. Apparently, some of his blood dripped on him. So, a lot of this backstory, this new backstory, is coming from Universal Orlando's official podcast. It's called Discover Universal Podcast. And the episode is Halloween Horror Nights Haunted Tales Dr. Oddfellow's Collection of Horror. And if you watched my vlog recently where we went to look at the scare zone updates and all of that, You'll know that we started listening to it while we were driving and we sat in the car in the parking lot of Universal to listen to the whole thing because it was so good.
1: It was. So to cut a long story short, (laughs) Dr. Oddfellow will be this year's icon as much as an icon we will get in these days. Hmm. There is a whole extended now backstory to his character that's going to link to all the different scare zones and potentially some of the houses for this year's Horror Nights. Mm. I won't go into the full history of Dr. Oddfellow <clears throat> here.
0: Maybe you should make an expedition about it, though.
1: Maybe I should. We've seen a picture of, well, I guess a drawing logo with his oh, face on. Of his on. face, right, yeah. But we don't know like what he's wearing, what he looks like. I mean, what... What's Dr. Oddfellow wearing this year? Yeah,
0: we need to know. What's the fit? You know, he's tied in with the vampires and he's been around for a long time. So he's got that inner dapperness. Mm -hmm.
1: And he's got one different color eyes because Jack scarred his face. So it'll be cool to see what we see in the house. The podcast did talk about that. We would see the moment that Oddfellow kills Jack Mm -hmm. back in the 30s. So that's cool. I'm really excited for this and I'm really excited to delve into this more. So before I go into that whole speech about Oddfellow's history, <laughs> I think we should talk about what is actually coming other than Oddfellow.
0: Yeah, so do you want to do houses first or scare zones first?
1: I think scare zones because okay. we've just been talking about... I
0: was just thinking that because then we can talk about how he ties into them.
1: So this year there are five unnerving scare zones, they say. Oh,
0: here it says five sinister scare zones.
1: Ooh, unnerving and sinister. <laughs>
0: unnerving, sinister, terrifying. Great. I want to start with Dr. Oddfellow's collection of horror. Dr. Oddfellow will lure you into Halloween Horror Nights with a promise of immortality. As he lifts the veil on all the horrors to come, you'll soon realize you may not even survive the night. And the way that they say he'll welcome you in lets us know that this will be the first scare zone as you enter the park.
1: Yeah, so you're seeing odd fellows touching aspects of the scare zones as soon as you enter with his very own scare zone
0: so they did this before in the pumpkin lord sort of pumpkin scare zone they had little bits of each mm-hmm. scare zone in there too so that's, yeah. i like that
1: i think this will be like setting up the yeah what but you will this find is more of
0: a story a thread mm-hmm. that weaves throughout the entire event
1: yeah and it's going to feature different characters from some of the other scare zones and areas of the event And that really sets you up into the next scare zone, which will be Dark Zodiac. Dr. Oddfellow has entered a dark dimension to harness the power of the Zodiac and live forever. He twists the signs into malevolent beings who foretell your doom. As his star rises, yours falls.
0: Ooh, so we saw the first sign of this out in the park. We saw just sort of the base of a truss with some decor on it that looked like zodiac ish sign stuff but we know that dr oddfellow has a symbol on his face and it's also on his back that has to do with this dark zodiac thing and pulling the powers of the different zodiac signs and like the malevolent forces from each and i think this is a really cool concept that could be a lot of fun
1: i think it's gonna be cool i want to see a lion
0: yeah, and I want to see a Pisces, the fish one. So I think everybody's going to be looking for their sign represented in there. And that's, that's a really fun way to bring people into the story.
1: I think that's going to be a sleeper hit. When, yeah. you, when I hear like Dark Zodiac, I think of like Zodiac Killer and things like mm. that. But I think this is going to be an interesting take on it. Mm. And I, I'm excited to see this Scare Zone come to life.
0: The next Scare Zone is Jungle of Doom Expedition Horror. In the 1920s, Dr. Oddfellow ventured deep into the darkest jungle, performing horrific experiments on nature. Now, his monstrous creations are running amok and are coming after you.
1: You know this is my favorite (laughs) zone name.
0: Expedition Horror. I love it. It's made for you. Sometimes people tag me in the
1: Expedition shirts Mm. at Universal. Mm -hmm. This year, I want to see who tags me first in Expedition shirts in Expedition Horror. But this one, I'm really excited for too. It's going to be located in Central Park. Jungle of Doom was an old house set in the old Triceratops Discovery queue line at Halloween Horror Nights 13 Mm. in 2003. So this is kind of a callback to that. It had a lot of tribal feel to it.
0: So 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. exactly.
1: Yeah, 20 years ago.
0: It's like an anniversary. Yeah.
1: So And then this is going to be a new take on it, linking to Dr. Oddfellow in the jungle where he has been forming experiments. It's Mm. interesting because this is set in the 20s, which is before the stuff with Jack and Oddfellow happened.
0: Right. So this is a little pre, he was already cuckoo before before all that. The 1920s is always one of my favorite eras for theming and things like this. And a jungle theme, like the ruins. We went and saw some of the sets that are already up in the park and they look so good. They do. Like stone with moss all over it and it looks cool.
1: They really do a good job of fitting a scare zone into Central Park that Mm. uses that covered tree area well Yeah. Yeah.
0: That zone has a natural canopy of trees, sort of, so they can use that really well.
1: Yeah. While it is officially called Jungle of Doom Expedition Horror, I'm just going to call it Expedition Horror Mm -hmm. for this year because, you know, calls to me.
0: Yeah, I like it.
1: Then around the back of the park in San Francisco, we have Shipyard 32 Horrors Unhinged. Enter a 1940s San Francisco shipping yard full of mysterious crates and cages bearing Dr. Oddfellow's symbol. Beware his nightmarish oddities have now escaped, spreading fear and chaos in their wake.
0: 1940s San Francisco. You know what the first thing that pops into my head reading this is? The music. 1940s music pumping in that scare zone. But I'm picturing like ship sounds and like horns and like fog horns in the background and then maybe 1940s music playing maybe yeah. i hope so
1: kind of reminds me of when they did the dead man's pier back there which yes. they did as a house last year yes but give us
0: that vibe a little bit
1: again it's taken each of the scare zones this year are kind of set in the area of the park that they're set in. So yeah, again, I really like that. This is set in San Francisco, in the mm-hmm. San Francisco area of the park. In
0: San Francisco.
1: I'll talk about this, how it could link to one of the houses a little bit when we go through the houses, mm. but it could be interesting. I don't really know what will be in this one. Hmm. As much as some of the others, they did say some information on this one on the podcast. So it says that Oddfellow is shipping creatures to a warehouse there in the shipyard, and they break free. So it could be all different kinds of creatures. Those creatures could include Oddfellow because I I think it's confirmed that he can change his form. While you'll see different form like different creatures, the telling thing that it could be Oddfellow is the scar on his eye from Jack. So.
0: Instead of where's Waldo, where's Oddfellow? Yeah. (laughs) And finally, Vamp 69 Summer of Blood. This was the first scare zone that had a set piece up in the park. And we went to see it when they first put it up. And it looks so good. It's a big stage with the 69 Music Festival. And the description is... At a 60s music fest in a small New York town, you'll jam to popular bands with fellow concert goers until Dr. Oddfellow unleashes vicious vampires on the audience. They're out for your blood.
1: <laughs> Ooh, sounds good. Sounds fun.
0: <laughs> it really sounds fun. Like I said in my video, I love vampires. Picture me holding up one finger. And I love hippie stuff. Picture me holding up another finger. Now picture me doing a peace sign. This sounds like a groovy. Fun, and I'm actually doing it by the way. Sam's looking at me. <laughs> really fun scare zone. Like a vamp scare zone has been in the New York area before. And I like this as New York. You know, it's New York, it's location based.
1: I'm curious if the Haunted Tale podcast vampire will be in this zone.
0: Right. So the Haunted Tale is written from the point of view of a vampire writing a letter as she is being taken over by Dr. Oddfellow. I won't give you too much spoiler. But I just want to give you some information in case you don't listen to it or in case you want to get hyped for it. But she's telling the tale of her encounters with him through the different decades and how she realizes he's immortal. And his relationship with the vampires is not quite what you expect. He wants control of everything and he he wants to really seal his immortality. And he's promising it, right, to the crowd. It says that in the first scare zone. But is he? Or are we just fodder?
1: I am really excited for every single one of the scare zones this year.
0: You know what's funny? All right. So every year when Universal announces all the scare zones and houses, you'll find like on social media and like the Facebook groups and on Twitter and a lot of places where, you know, HHN enthusiasts are, someone will be complaining about something. Because, you know, people have their preferences. Someone won't like this or that. I have heard zero complaining this year about the announcements, right?
1: Honestly, I think it's going to be a special year
0: i think so too i don't know if i've just missed it i'm sure there's someone who doesn't like something but i have heard very like n- almost no one complaining about the themes of the scare zones and houses this year that's
1: rare right that's rare there are sometimes there are some that i'm more excited for of course yeah some people have yeah like you said preferences. preferences you
0: know i don't like this or i don't like that or which is fine and totally normal nothing wrong with liking some things or even a little complaining hey you know I'm not hearing it out there. Uh, I'm hearing positive feedback. You know, I'm a really big fan of folklore and fairy tales and stories that are weaved together. Storytelling, basically, and the visual storytelling that takes place in theme parks. It's one of the reasons I love theme parks. And I feel like this year is going to be prime, prime rife for that. So I'm extra, extra hyped.
1: So let's go through the 10 houses. Let's do them in order of release. So we'll start and go through the original one that they announced last year first. Mm.
0: So last year, basically right after Halloween Horror Nights 2022 ended, right? Mm -hmm. They announced Chucky House. But now we have the details. Chucky's back for even more Carnage. Chucky, the serial killer doll, is back for a new gore fest He's hijacked his own haunted house with all kinds of bloody hijinks. You and your friends must try to survive his ultimate kill count.
1: The interesting thing about this is I think the website and the description of it doesn't do it justice. Because yeah. there has been a few more information on what it's actually going to be. Right. So it sounds like Chucky's just got a haunted house, right? No,
0: because this, this house is breaking the fourth wall.
1: Yeah. Right? So- it sounds like it's going to be a kind of comedy-ish house. Mm-hmm. But really what the story is, is that Universal have found out that Chucky is coming to Horror Night, so they've made him a haunted house to help promote it. But Chucky isn't happy about mm-hmm. what they've made. And this haunted house has no real kills or fear in it. Mm. So Chucky is going to basically take over and make it himself. <laughs> So instead of it just being like a Chucky house, it's going to be, I guess, loosely based on the TV show. Hmm. But it's kind of a unique thing where it's Chucky in his own made hmm. Halloween Horror Nights house.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's breaking the fourth wall in that it's acknowledging the audience and it's acknowledging the fact that it's a haunted house at Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. Like Chucky knows that this is a promotional house they made for him but he wants to actually make it a real haunted house and increase his kill counts. So I think that's so clever. It's funny and scary, and it matches with the character of Chucky because he's obviously been around for a long time. He has a lot of films. He has a TV show. He's, it doesn't need to be based on any one particular piece of media because he's his own character that has his own personality.
1: Mm-hmm. And the the media email they sent out says that Chucky has been mired in the agony of disrespect he feels from his peers and not being taken seriously. Thus begins his quest to turn his haunted house into a living slaughterhouse by killing every person who enters.
0: <laughs> that is crazy!
1: So, I think it could be like a sleeper hit.
0: Yeah, what a clever concept. You know, I love a spooky doll, mm-hmm. I gotta say. And uh, I think that they have really remember the scare zone the chucky scare zone where he would just rip on everyone yeah he ripped on me that year like (laughs) i don't even remember what he said i know it's in my video from that year i think was it 2018
1: i think so yeah i think
0: so but either way he would just rag on everyone he was just making fun of the whole audience and people were loving it like please chucky make fun of me yeah please now they're like please kill me and it was a puppet and it was yeah right (laughs) yeah it was it was really good so i think this there's a lot of potential i was not that excited about this house at first
1: and i think the website description doesn't really get that across Mm that it sounds like it's just a chucky haunted house so
0: it says he's hijacked his own haunted house but you kind of have to read between the lines to know what that means yeah
1: because it could be just like a haunted house in the like you know like in a like a haunted house, but they mean specifically like a horror night haunted house. Yeah.
0: So I think this could be a, now I'm much more excited for it than I was because it is so clever. Mm -hmm. Love it.
1: Next up, we have the first announced house of this year, which was the last of us. This is based on naughty dog and PlayStation's video game. We got a few more details in this announcement. Nothing too specific. But this follows the first game and you will follow Joel and Ellie throughout the house. There will be clickers, stalkers and bloaters. And it has a heavy or major focus on the Pittsburgh section of the game. Which is kind of interesting to me. I'm not so sure how I feel about just focusing on that one part rather than like going through the whole game. But it will be interesting to see how it comes across and it will just be cool to go into the video game.
0: Yeah. So like I've mentioned before, Sam has played the entire game. I watched him play the entire game because it was so good. It was so cinematic and beautiful and spooky. And I loved it. And obviously we watched the HBO series and loved it. An amazing series. So this is, you know, focus on the game and, and a tiny portion of it. And I think this is before Joel and Ellie become really close. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I really want to see them as the team that they are, the family they are working together. But, you know, it, We just don't know enough.
1: If I don't see Joel carrying a ladder really Mm. slowly and climbing it, I'll be very sad. Or
0: like lifting Ellie up over, giving her like a a boost. Yeah, a boost. (laughs) Maybe we'll go through water portions, Uh, you know.
1: So the Pittsburgh part of the game basically includes the part where they get taken and crash their car. Pittsburgh is kind of the first. I would say quarter to half of the game-ish. So it will be really interesting to see if they go beyond that towards the end of the house. Mm. But they have said it will be focused on the Pittsburgh area.
0: So maybe we don't know if we're going to get fireflies. We don't know much, really. But hopefully we'll find out more with time. This could be amazing. We will see. And then we have Stranger Things 4. Try to escape the curse of Vecna. You'll need your squad to resist Vecna's gruesome curse. Like Eleven, now's your chance to stop him once and for all as you take on the scariest season of Stranger Things yet.
1: They did say in the podcast that Vecna will make physical appearances in the house. And that makes me very excited. As
0: he should, yes. You know, I think all of us who watch Stranger Things season four, who are fans of this event, were thinking the whole time, please, please, please make a house based on this season because the sets the visuals are just beautiful
1: i hope they build the outside of his house yes
0: we need the door we need the clock we need the outside we need some inside scenes maybe the attic scene i'm curious if we'll Ooh. go into
1: the upside down i'm just reading the media email it says guests will confront their deepest fears and come face to face with otherworldly creatures like demo Bats. <sighs> And even Vecna himself in his blood red mine lair in a race against the clock to escape and save mankind from his deadly curse.
0: Sounds like everything we Yeah. <laughs> so for, right?
1: I pretty much confirms everything we were just hoping for.
0: Yeah, except it doesn't specifically mention Eddie, but there's no way they could not. Remember last year when we went to Georgia, we went to Hawkins High and the mall and stuff. That was cool.
1: That was cool. And
0: people had created an Eddie Munson little memorial with the candles. You guys watch that video if you haven't watched it yet.
1: It was the first day of scare zone props going out last year last that we year. went.
0: Yeah. So if you look for like Stranger Things filming locations, super enthused, whatever, you'll find it. It was really fun. A yeah. great day.
1: Got some cool pictures. I'm excited to see that inside a Horror Nights house. mm All right, we have two more IP houses. So this year there's five IP houses, intellectual property houses, and five originals. The next one is interesting because it's for The Exorcist Believer, which is a movie that is not out yet and does not come out until the final weeks of Halloween Horror Nights. Hmm. An evil reawakened. Two missing girls have been found with no memory of what happened to them. But wherever they went, the ultimate evil has returned with them. Enter the most terrifying scenes from the new Blumhouse film.
0: (sighs) The most terrifying scenes.
1: Not not the averagely terrifying. Not the filler scene. (laughs) (laughs) The most terrifying.
0: When I saw this announcement, you know, if you've seen the original Exorcist film, to me, that is one of the scariest horror films out there.
1: When I was a kid, it was like, the Exorcist is banned i was too young to watch it but they're like this movie's banned in the uk you can't watch this and i'm like no i want to watch it
0: (laughs) and when i saw it i feel like i was just too young to be seeing that but it was so traumatizing it's still the scenes from that film like just looking right now at the artwork for this house with the two little girls faces i hate it i (laughs)
1: hate it a few years ago they did do the original movie Is a house
0: Right, so this that. will
1: this will be solely based on the new one, and it's kind of gonna be like a like a living trailer mm. to what the movie will be mm. there is a trailer out for the movie. you do see the two girls go missing in the woods and then looking for her. It says here that the haunted house will transport guests into a bustling street market in Haiti where an innocent purchase of a strange folk doll mm. with three eyes mm. leads to the opening of a demonic portal. <gasps> The Awakening of Sinister Spirits and Subsequent Disappearance of the Two 12-Year-Old Girls in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So, looks like we're going to follow the whole movie, which we will not have seen.
0: Right. Normally, we will do our HHN homework, right? Watch or re-watch any of the shows or movies that are going to be featured in that current year's event. And it's one of the fun things we do leading up to it. But this is one where we cannot do our homework. We're going to have to go in just blind, not knowing, only from the trailers. And kind of like walk through the movie, which is kind of neat.
1: It'll be interesting to see that and then see the movie. They Mm. have done this before. There's been a Mm -hmm. couple of movies. There was a Dracula house Mm. for the Dracula movie that came out 10 years ago. And Insidious, they did before the movie. Mm. So it'll be cool to watch the movie after and be like, oh, yeah, I saw that. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I I walked through that.
1: (laughs) Charles Gray in the official podcast called it Intense and Gross. (sighs)
0: <sighs> i feel like this is gonna be my least favorite house not because it's not good not because it's not gonna be amazing but just because
1: it's scary it's
0: too scary and too gross you know
1: <laughs> it says everyone who comes in contact with the girls even unwitting guests are suddenly at risk of losing their soul no so i'm kind of more excited for this house now <laughs>
0: <laughs> we gotta wear some soul armor
1: A lot of soul talk this year.
0: Yeah, that's right. Hmm. So, after these houses were announced, pretty much everything was announced all at once, right?
1: Yeah, so we just got everything apart from the three houses that were already announced, including the Exorcist, in the same day. So, it was exciting. There's one more IP house for you to talk about
0: Universal Monsters Unmasked. Four Universal Monsters, one new nightmare. Descend into the Paris catacombs, where you and your squad will face a new horde of monsters. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, the Phantom of the Opera, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, and the Invisible Man. I love Universal Monsters. We both do. We love the old classic films. We like to see the new interpretations of them. I'm a very big fan of Phantom of the Opera, the novel, the films... Every The musical, the Broadway musical, we have seen it on West End. We loved it. I was crying. Love Phantom of the Opera. And, you know, we've seen him in in houses before and we love him. And this is going to be interesting because kind of like last year where Dracula and the Wolfman went to the mummy's sort of home turf. We are going to have other monsters going to the home turf of Phantom and Hunchback.
1: So the Invisible Man and Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, are on the run from the police in the story, and they end up in Paris while on the run. And I think we're going to visit a few different places, including the catacombs of Paris, which they've used in houses before. So it'll be cool to see that again. I love
0: some catacombs. I call them catacombs.
1: I call them catacombs.
0: <laughs> Either way, I love some catacombs. Oh no, not the Zebra-zebra zebra again. again. Not the zebras zebra <laughs> ever again. I love some catacombs. I love uh, the old Paris theme. You'll probably see like Mr. Hyde in one scene and then like in his other form as Dr. Jekyll in another scene, you know, like him changing between his two forms.
1: What is going to be cool is that I think this house will have the most monsters or creatures in it than every other house ever existed at Horror Nights because the invisible man could be in every room.
0: <laughs> and you'll never know.
1: You'll never know.
0: In the media email, there's a story here about how the catacombs of Paris are opened up to tourists and the creatures, the monsters are down there and they're not happy about it. They want vengeance against the guests. These desperate and dangerous fiends have become filled with a rage toward guests navigating the twisted tunnels of their underground labyrinth home. They hunt these trespassers and the sounds of guests' screams will go unheard. And as they've done in the past, they're working with Slash from Guns N' Roses to make an original score for that, but only for the Hollywood house. So he's worked with them before for houses, and we don't know what the soundtrack for the Orlando house will be. And oftentimes, Orlando and Hollywood will get the same house, but with a slightly different story. So sometimes it'll be like a sequel, like a part one and a part two. One will have one and one will have the other. They're connected, but they're slightly different. And I think that's going to be the case with this house as well.
1: We'll see, because we did listen to the podcast and it said those two monsters were on the run in Paris. Yeah. So I'm not sure what which one's gonna be the
0: final story in Orlando, but Hmm. it'll be exciting to find out. What we do know is that we will be encountering them in the Paris catacombs. So those are the intellectual property houses, and now we're gonna move on to the original story houses for this year.
1: So first We'll stick with the theme of Oddfellow and you have Dr. Oddfellow's Twisted Origins. He will get his own house, which will be really cool. The official story is your soul is a price he's willing to pay. You won't be able to resist going inside Dr. Oddfellow's menacing menagerie of twisted oddities. But the price for you and your friends is steep. The cost of your soul to feed his immortal power.
0: Ooh, that's a pretty steep uh. (laughs) bar.
1: Another soul. Another soul house. So this is set in the 1930s in the Dust Bowl era.
0: It says it's a demented late night circus.
1: This is going to be going back to the time when Jack was discovered. Mm. We may even see Oddfellow killing Jack the Clown in this house.
0: Mm. So this is going to be a circus house, right? This is going to be a carnival,
1: carnival show. yeah.
0: That's a that's a fun, creepy, scary theme. And it could be kind of gory, this one, too, because from what that vampire was describing in her letter,
1: yeah, he was a nasty boy. Scorpion people, bull people, you know,
0: But each of those is tied to a zodiac sign. So it's all tying together here.
1: It's all tying together. Speaking of tying together, Mm. the next original house we're going to talk about, Blood Moon Dark Offerings.
0: Bleed for the Blood Moon. In a colonial era village, moon worshippers witness a blood moon at their fall festival. They take it as a sign to hunt down any non-followers, including you and your Scream Squad. So are using Scream Squad again here, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> They've Oof. used the word squad in a lot of house descriptions. Have you noticed that?
1: Blood Moon Dark Offerings is going to be a colonial era village, which will be interesting. But on the artwork for this house, mm. it has some symbols. Mm. And one of those symbols is also on the shipping containers <gasps> from Shipyard 32. Ooh. so i feel like there's going to be some monster tie over here maybe or some kind of cult worship in and definitely maybe, it, maybe it's going to be turn out there worshiping odd fellow yeah. yeah there is a mysterious guy on the logo in a cape i wonder if that is odd fellow
0: and you know his alter ego Erlo wolf
1: the vampire
0: right so this could you know there could be some tie-ins here i really like the big red blood moon and the dripping letters and the caped figure in there
1: I think for some reason, and I think this is because of Howl's cream. Scream. Mm.
0: When I see the
1: logo and the name, I think of like werewolves. But this house is yeah. not werewolves.
0: Yeah. And it's funny that his name is Erlo Wolf because it made me think like wolf. like
1: Yeah. But, but
0: no. I don't know. Maybe this cult has some werewolves mm.
1: in it? No, it doesn't. But
0: <laughs> I love a colonial theme. So I'm very excited to see what they do with that. Could be some amazing sets. It kind of reminds me of in the Chupacabra house, how they were doing the festival for chupacabra and you have to try to not become like a victim of his
1: yeah it does so seem like
0: a similar-ish kind of vibe going on here which mm. i loved the chupacabra house i thought that was an incredible one so
1: speaking of sequels Ooh. <gasps> yeti campground kills yeti or not here they come <laughs> i love that <laughs> you and your friends are about to venture into a 1950s campground overrun by huge menacing yetis Who rip apart anyone who gets in their way. You must flee to the ranger tower to escape. And there is a little more information on this one. This is the same tribe of yetis that we saw at Halloween Horror Nights 29. Mm. uh, The Terror of the Yukon House, which was one of my favorite houses of the year.
0: We loved that house. It was so good.
1: It's going to take place in the Rocky Mountains uh, campsite. And it's going to kind of be a dark comedy house. And Ah. we will apparently see a full family of yetis,
0: including babies. Baby yetis! (laughs) I feel like that's going to be a favorite.
1: (laughs) I I think this is going to be a standout hit.
0: I do too. There's room here for puppets, costumes, incredible sets, cold air blasting on you.
1: The description on the media email says that you're going to flee through campground into the cabins a bait shack, and even the outhouses. So I'm I'm thinking we're getting the poop smell.
0: (laughs) They always have to tie the poop smell in somehow. It's
1: been a little while since the poop smell's been there, but it's going to be poopy. I'm thinking like campgrounds, forests.
0: Mm. They do really good with those kind of sets at Universal.
1: Really excited for that one.
0: Mm.
1: Next up, The Darkest Deal. The closest I think we're going to get to a supernatural house.
0: Might as well be Crowley in here, a crossroads demon. Fame is fleeting. Fear is forever. Blues musician Pine Straw Spruce, what a funny name, will have to face the music after meeting with the collector and trading his soul for musical glory. You and your squad, once again, learn the terrible price of fame. So we have, you know, the classic deal with the devil for fame. There's a lot of stories with this. We have Faust. We have all these characters through history who have sold their soul for whatever, fame, glory, whatever. But there's always the day of reckoning where you have to turn that soul over and they always regret it, don't they?
1: What do you reckon? The collector, odd fellow.
0: You know what? Could be. It looks like he's collecting these souls and maybe he feeds on them to power his immortality. So that could, it really could tie in once again. I am picturing some blues music playing through this house. I am picturing a dark, creepy, cool vibe here this could be another major winner i love this
1: it's going to be set in the mississippi delta
0: oh love that
1: and it says here the collector drags him to hades or hell, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this is going to be a house where we actually go into hell.
0: The music, the theme, the Mississippi Delta, I'll all of that.
1: This is cool. It says it drags him to Hades with other musicians who have learned the terrible price of fame in the darkest steel. We could be in hell with like different kinds of musicians <laughs> in there.
0: I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this could be a big hit.
1: Yeah, that sounds really cool.
0: Man, it does. I've left this one for last I I knew you did
1: I know you did (laughs) it wasn't an accident no my most anticipated house of the whole event this year and that's saying a lot because some of these houses sound incredible Mm. I love Stranger Things I love Last of Us I love Universal Monsters I love all of these original ideas I haven't seen the Exodus movie so I can't say I love it yet but one thing I love more than all of these (laughs) is old defunct Roller coasters and their stories. And we have an old, two old BM roller coasters that used to exist at Islands of Adventure. Their story is being turned into a haunted house at Halloween Horror Nights. And that just blows my mind.
0: Like how cool is that's like something we all wish for, right? Right? Like take a coaster or a ride we love and turn it into a haunted house. This is like the perfect merging of our
1: passions yes and not only is it our passions we also love medieval castles that kind of story
0: anything with dragons and like merlin and magicians and castles crumbling castles
1: this is bringing that all together in the final the 10th house of halloween horror nights 32 is going to be dueling dragons choose thy fate so when you used to go through the queue of dueling dragons there was a point in the queue And there was a big sign and it said, choose thy fate. And you chose ice or fire. Blizzrock or Pyrock is the name of the two different dragons. And you chose which one you wanted to go on. And so I'll leave it to you, Jackie, to read the description of this house.
0: Okay. No matter who you choose, you lose. Two warlocks of great power were turned into dragons after trying to take Merlin's spellbook. Now you and your friends are caught up in their epic battle. You must choose a path and a victor i'm surprised it didn't say you and your squad
1: yeah (laughs) and on the media section of this which the description they sent out is the great wizard merlin has been transformed into that enchanted oak and the enchanted oak tavern was a tree a giant tree that had a restaurant in it in lost continent in the old before harry potter took over that that area and Mm. it's now three broomsticks there but it was redone it used to be the enchanted oak and because he's been transformed into the Enchanted Oak, it's left a power vacuum. When two powerful warlocks invade his castle to steal his spellbook, they are turned into dragons of fire and ice. One is called Pyrok, and one is called Blizzrock. And now guests are caught in the middle of their battle and are forced to choose a path and a victor. But beware, one never knows who will win in Dueling Dragons. The original queue line for this ride, before it became Dragon Challenge for Harry Potter, was really well themed. You entered his castle, and you saw knights frozen, and you saw the, like burned knights, and the battle was going on. And then you chose to go on the ride. There was corridors of skulls. And it just makes me so excited that one we get to walk through something similar to that again, But there's so much potential for having dragons battling around you. And is there going to be dragon puppets? If there's anything like the two statues that stood outside the ride. People are going to cry. People are going to cry. There's going to be
0: tears flowing. Including me. What an amazing idea that, you know what I love about Universal? Is that they know like what us fans love and they give it to us. Not always. Sometimes, you know, things we love get taken away. And that's part of the progress. And that's part of any theme park or anything in the entire universe of existence. But they know what we love and they will give it to us as much as they can. And this is definitely something that is like, here you go. We love you. We know you love this.
1: I wonder if some of this comes from the tribute stores. When they did like Mm. the Jaws tribute store on Back to the Future, people love seeing old glimpses of stuff. Mm -hmm. And this is like a whole haunted house on an attraction that was... I mean, when the park opened, those two B&M coasters were iconic. There's nothing really like them. Those two huge, jewel-in, inverted roller coasters with a really cool story, and I think this is gonna be an incredible house
0: this is gonna be iconic i think oh you're gonna probably get like a different ending like a, yeah. the fire or the ice dragon at the end will win and you don't know which you're gonna get which is the, so fun
1: the podcast mentioned four potential endings, so i'm curious if they will split you two different ways or it will be like in monsters where like mm. one day it's right.
0: Or like the Icon's house, where one day it's this, one day it's that. If there are two different
1: paths, that will be interesting. Yeah. Logistically, it could be tough. Could be tough. But it could be done. It's Mm. been done before at Horror Nights. Mm. I'm team fire, just so you know.
0: It's funny because Universal put out a little poll today on social media that said, which are you team ice or team fire? And I clicked fire, and it was like 80-something percent fire over
1: ice. Fire coaster was better than ice coaster. (laughs) Uh It would be really cool, and I don't know if this could ever happen, (laughs) but if there were two paths and you got to choose each one, somehow, like, you saw the other one from you. So, like, they were dueling.
0: Like a a mirror or, like, a clear plastic piece of the wall where you could see little glimpses of the other one?
1: Yeah, because, like, the rides interacted with each other. Right. So to see the two different paths interact with each other would be incredible. I mean, it's going to be incredible anyway. Yeah. I just can't be any more excited for this house
0: so this is your number one hype house this
1: is my number one hype house and if you had asked me before the announcement like it probably would have been last of us or stranger things mm. but no this is number one for me and this year i i don't have a low hype house this year Not, yeah i would say exorcist just because i haven't seen the movie mm-hmm.
0: And I would say also that's my lowest, not because again I don't think it's going to be good, just because I think it's going to be too gross and too much. But we'll see because they also said that Bug House was going to be gross, and I ended up really liking it and thinking it was funny and mm. wacky and not gross at all. Like it didn't bother me in the slightest. Mm. So, but this is different. This is like gory, scary. Just this is a different type of gross that I think might be.
1: <laughs> too I dense. I can't wait to see. At the end of this year's Horror Nights, what houses I enjoyed the most. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure it's going to be Dueling Dragons, just for the nostalgia factor alone.
0: You know, another thing that is... I don't know if this is a tip, but this is a bit of information for those of you who may be newer to the event. Keep in mind, something we have learned through the years is that often, houses will change. Scare Zones too will change. What you see on opening night could be tweaked and significantly or moderately different three weeks into the event, a month into the event, the last two weeks of the event. They will change things and tweak things. They'll change the audio. They'll change different elements. They'll move scare actors. They'll add more or less scare actors to certain parts. Change
1: effects.
0: Yeah. So sometimes houses that start out with not that much hype and not as beloved will become better throughout Mm. the event. Like... One particular one was the monsters from last year, which started off really good, but got like a thousand times better as they added more jump scares and pop outs. By the end,
1: by the end, that house was just firing on all cylinders. Insane.
0: Yeah, it was like unhinged. It was it was our favorite, I think, by the end.
1: The one that comes to me when I think of houses changing was Carnival Graveyard. Mm. and They had some barrel effects in there where they used to like bang these barrels and one would swing above you. And I don't, that changed completely by the end of the event. And it was like, if you hadn't seen it those first weeks, mm. it was a different house, yeah. but it was still good. Mm. It, it didn't get better or worse, mm. it just changed. And I'm sure it's for practical reasons effects not working as they expected with the amount of people going through them.
0: Yeah. Like so, the Beetlejuice house, too. Yeah. Some of the effects stopped working, but that house stood for two years because of the pandemic. So that's yeah. a whole other thing.
1: So I'm really excited. I always get excited too when I see puppets.
0: We love the puppets.
1: So I would love... Maybe there's a a dragon puppet. I don't know. Any kind of dragon. You'd have to think we'd see the dragons at some point.
0: We gotta see the dragons. They have to be. Whether they'll be animatronics, puppets, statues, costumes. We don't know.
1: But that is the 10 houses of Halloween Horror Nights 32, which starts... September 1st. It's not very long away.
0: It's really not. Right now we are closing out July. We're right about to head into August. It is right around the corner.
1: There are a few extra things that have been announced coming this year, which I think we should just go through quickly.
0: I think we should talk about food and drinks.
1: Yes. But (laughs) before that, Nightmare Fuel is returning.
0: Right. Show, show, show.
1: This year there is only going to be one show. Mm Mm-hmm. This is probably, one, because the Lagoon show is under construction for what's going to be coming there. Mm-hmm. And two, a lot of areas are behind walls like zones, So mm-hmm. it's going to make the queue route in this year quite hard. Mm-hmm. So we're only getting one show this year. Nightmare Fuel Revenge Dream is going to feature a new dreamer confronting the creature that's been turning her dreams into nightmares. And then we also have the Tribute Store. The Tribute Store, as we saw the tease in the current Tribute Store, the Tribute Store will be going back to New York where you will enter a mysterious New York City comic book shop and experience the Tribute to Terror by stepping into the pages of this original terrifying horror comic book.
0: We love the way Universal does Tribute Stores for Halloween Horror Nights, for Mardi Gras, for the holidays, and now they've started to do summer Tribute Stores that are usually these nostalgic takes on retro classic universal films and franchises like currently right now the uh, jurassic park 30th anniversary tribute store is still standing
1: but now this is moving back there's no rush to close that one
0: that's right it might stay open and if it does people are loving it but this is going to be back in not the original original because i think there was another location at first. it was in the
1: twister queue the first year yeah the twister exit gift shop sorry
0: Right. So, but this is basically the original because Mm -hmm. after that it moved into the New York section, into the store, and it's been there for many years.
1: And going into a comic book is something they've used for haunted houses at the event before, such as the In Between or the Asylum in Wonderland was a comic book. So it'd be cool to see a tribute store doing that where you go into the pages of the comic book.
0: Very cool. And it'll probably have all the themed merchandise for the year, themed treats and all of that. And we'll give you a tour of it, of course, in a video once that opens.
1: Dead Coconut Club is returning to CityWalk with a new theme and a menu. Just says a new theme and menu. So Doesn't I'm assuming say. that means drinks, but new drinks, I'm guessing. Doesn't say what the theme is yet, but that will be cool to see. There is a new Peacock Halloween Horror Bar coming to the event this year, which will feature themed drinks and an ominous nightclub vibe with photo opportunities. I don't know where this will be going, but...
0: Yeah, we don't know the location, but I love this concept.
1: And Peacock, obviously, is the streaming
0: yeah.
1: app. The that, network.
0: Yeah, that the, of- the
1: network and streaming app, so I'm yeah. sure it's going to be photo ops for Peacock shows or right. something like that. There are a few things coming this year to the Universal Hotels, as they have in previous years, over at Cabana Bay. This year, we're getting Chucky's Twisted Playground, a photo illusion experience based on the TV series, plus Universal Monsters Gallery of Legends lobby photo opportunities.
0: In all the other hotel lobbies, it says. Yeah,
1: that's going to be cool.
0: So in the past, they've pretty much focused these on Cabana Bay, right? Like they had the Swizzle Bar, and they've had different photo opportunities up on the second floor. But now they're getting all the hotels involved, it sounds like. And these... Experiences are exclusive to Universal Orlando Resort hotel guests. So if you're staying on property in a Universal uh, Lowe's hotel, then you can experience these, even if you're not staying at Cabana Bay. If you're staying at another Universal hotel, you can experience the Cabana Bay things. Okay, here on the website, when you click get more details, it says Spooky Swizzle Lounge and Spooky Sunset Lounge at Endless Summer Dockside. Oh, cool.
1: The Spooky Sunset Lounge at Endless Summer says a spooky tropical vibe featuring pineapple jack-o'-lanterns and (laughs) Halloween-themed drinks. I need this! Pineapples, jack-o'-lanterns, I'm in. Sign me up! And yeah, the spooky swizzle lounge, it doesn't say, but it does say a theme lounge, and on the podcast they did say that it's going to be Little Boo and Pumpkin Lord themed. Mm. So, I think that's coming, they just...
0: And these experiences run starting uh, September 1st and going through November 4th. And they're open to Universal Orlando Resort Hotel guests with the presentation of your hotel key card. And the hours for Chucky's Twisted Playground are 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. at Cabana Bay.
1: And finally, time to talk about the food and drinks.
0: Let's talk about food, baby! No.
1: (laughs) There are a few foods listed here the bloody campground poutine, the sour apple pie funnel fries, fan favorite returning items like pizza fries. But this year they're doing something new. And this starts in
0: two weeks. Yeah, so they're doing a preview, all you care to eat preview, Halloween Horror Nights foodie event that includes alcohol starting August 10th and running through august 26th. so this an event that only takes place before halloween horror night's event starts and it's called taste of terror
1: it's running for 11 nights
0: interesting
1: and we'll be in soundstage 33 which Mm. is at the back left of the park by the old tribute store in the Mm. corner behind the new york facade At this two-hour event, you'll be able to have an all-you-care-to-enjoy preview of select food and beverage items that will be featured at Halloween Horror Nights this year with taste-in-size portions. Hmm. It includes alcoholic beverages via a hosted bar. It also includes one souvenir Halloween Horror Nights light-up cup, so a Blinky Cup.
0: And that one says 21 plus only.
1: And a Universal Halloween Horror Nights Coca-Cola Freestyle Cup which a separate fee applies to activate, but I guess you've got the cup ready to go on opening night. Mm. And one digital download taken during the Taste of Terror, which makes me think there's going to be some kind of sets or actors involved.
0: Some kind of photo ops there. Hopefully scare actors roving, but something there, some sets or photo ops.
1: So this is going to be a brand new event. It costs $169.99 per person. So this is kind of an event I feel like that is aimed at people who love Horror Nights food, want to try everything before. Because what I found is that when we go to the event, you can try one thing or two things, but it's really hard to spend your time trying all the different food and drink options. So to get them all or selection of them in one go and try the drinks is Kind of a couldn't be a cool, fun preview experience. This is like a preview for what's going to come.
0: It is true about how, you know, when you're at the event, even though, you know, it is a long night, you're wanting to do the houses, you're wanting to do the scare zones, you're trying food here and there, but like using your precious time in the evening to try all of the food isn't usually the vibe. You know, you'll try a little few things here and there. It's an opportunity to try a little bit of everything or the selected foods that they choose Before the event, so that you know when the event starts, what to focus on, what your favorites are, what you want to try again. And again, it is something very different, interesting, something they've never done before. And I feel like it's, you know, foodies. Die hard Halloween Horror Nights fans, people who just really want that taste of terror before the event starts. Maybe someone whose trip falls during that period but won't be here for Horror Nights but want some of that vibe. It's a specific kind of demographic, I think.
1: I think it's good for people who also could only go for like one night of the event. That's a good point. And you then you can try all these different foods mm-hmm. and drinks without having to spend your whole night in lines, going around to each booth, trying to try pizza fries or whatever it is. So I see like it as like a...
0: Like a specialty thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's maybe not for everyone, but it's a specialty thing for the people who really would want something like that.
1: Yeah. And I think it sounds cool. But what is also interesting is this year, there is no mention of Scare Actor dining returning.
0: Hmm. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier and we both said to each other, wait, they haven't announced Scare Actor dining dining. And if you're not familiar with what that is, that's an event that usually runs during Halloween Horror Nights. It's a dinner and all you care to eat dinner before the event starts. So it would take place while you were in Stay Green, Scream, for example. And we'll explain what that is if you don't know in a minute. But like before the event starts for the evening, you would go and have a dinner and there'd be characters, scare actors from the event roving around and interacting with you and photo opportunities and It used to be in Monsters Cafe, but Monsters Cafe doesn't exist anymore. It's Minion Cafe now. So they moved it to Louis'. and we actually went twice last year, right? We did. The first time we went, it was good, but the second time we went, it was like, Better than good, right? It was, like, fantastic.
1: It was one of the highlights Yeah,
0: we went with family that were here from out of town, and the characters were just on their game. The photo op was so fun. Having Michael out, like, just standing by the saw there was so cool. The mummy.
1: The mummy. He was a
0: highlight. I
1: still think about the mummy. (laughs) I still
0: think about the mummy and the food. I feel like the food got better throughout the event, and there was more of it in... I don't know. We thought we just think even at Louis, it's mm. so fun. And I'm kind of bummed.
1: Yeah, it'll be a shame if it's not there.
0: Mm.
1: I guess that one plus side will be more space open for Stay and Scream. Meh. So Louis is inside the Stay and Scream, so it could be open and inside. Meh. That's
0: true. That's true.
1: And speaking of that, I have one advice to people. If you're going to Halloween Horror Nights for one night or two nights specifically, but you do not have day tickets that day, I highly suggest you go online, and they're on sale now, the Scream early tickets, which are $40, mm-hmm. and it gets you in the park from three.
0: I agree with this. The good use of your time purchasing that early ticket, you get in two hours before the event, and you can go into what they call Stay and Scream. So they will divide the park up into different areas. So you can go into New York, or Simpsons, whatever areas they have designated for that year, and it'll tell you, this is the stay and scream waiting holding area for these four houses, or these two or three houses. So you can decide, like, what's your biggest hype? Is it Stranger Things? Is it whatever? You go into that holding area, and you will be among the very first let in. But not only that, they often will start letting you in before the event opens. It depends some houses will be like a little later. Some will be a little. Sometimes it's like an hour before, right? Yeah. It could be 45 minutes before or whatever. They'll let you know once it starts because it's different every year and different for different houses. But you will get in early and you'll be among the first to get in. You could knock out two, three, even more houses before the event even starts for the night.
1: And you avoid that whole entrance turnstile getting into the event, trying to rush to the first house. So if you want to make the most of a one-night ticket, but you do not have day tickets or an annual pass, Mm -hmm. I highly suggest getting the Scream Early ticket for your day that you'll go in. I think this is a great thing for people who do not have day tickets and are not planning to buy Express. It's the best way for a lot cheaper Mm -hmm. to get that first hour of houses done for $40 rather than paying the 100 plus for Express.
0: And often people will ask, is Express worth it? And we do think it is, but it really, really depends. Like a lot of things, whenever the question is asked, is it worth it? The answer is always, it depends. If anyone tells you like a hard yes or a hard no, think twice about it because it always depends.
1: You can do the event without Express, but you just need to plan or do it differently Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. so it it, strategize a little more it's the
1: same as any theme park upcharge Mm -hmm. ticket to skip the lines Mm -hmm. that if for you it's worth it and you have the means to buy it it will be worth it because it makes the day easier right but there are many many years that both of us have gone without express yeah And you learn to do the tips, like stay and scream, scream early, head to the houses as early as you can, make Mm -hmm. a plan to go around the park. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's something we could talk about more sometime this year is how to maximize your time. Yeah, Because I only started buying Express with my frequent fear two years ago.
0: Yeah, me too. I only started buying it when you did. I had never purchased Express before. And now I feel like I don't want to go back. Because it, is, it, it
1: is hard to go back.
0: It does make your night really, really nice. But we had done it for all those years without it. You absolutely can do it without it. It's just like using those tips will help you. Also, besides getting there early, the late nights,
1: the late nights, are, the late nights. Sometimes
0: too. it starts to slow down, and you can knock out a bunch of houses towards the end. You know, mm-hmm.
1: as long as you plan and you stay in screen, you can do all ten houses on most regular nights there are some nights where it's not possible and it's too busy and two or three hours for every house yeah but there are ways to do it and i think that if you have multiple nights you don't need express
0: yeah agree or if you have two nights maybe like one night get express and one night don't Hmm. that could be a way to do it
1: yeah i would love to make a video Showing doing Stay and Scream and making the most of the night for the whole night and doing all 10 houses. So maybe that's something we could do this year. I find that Stay and Scream is a fun thing to do regardless of if you are trying to do all 10 houses or you are just going there to get a drink before the event starts or hang out. I love doing the houses early, but I also like doing the houses when it's dark out. Because yes. sometimes if you get in those houses when it's bright outside, you can't see anything.
0: Oh, here's another tip for you with that one. And this is a pretty commonly known tip that I've been doing for years is that I wear my sunglasses up until the point where I'm right about to walk in to the first house so that your eyes are already more adjusted to the dark. Because I've made the mistake before of not having sunglasses on You're out in the blazing sun. You walk in. Your eyes aren't adjusted. You can't see a thing. (laughs) So if you wear your sunglasses, up to the minute you're about to walk in, if you're, you know, I'm talking about if you're getting in early while the sun's still out, try to keep your eyes adjusted to the dark. I think it'll be a better experience.
1: Unless you want a scary experience where you can't see anything. You can't see
0: a thing. (laughs) There was a
1: few years ago I went into that dead exposure house, the flashing strobe lights. With the strobes, yeah. And it was daytime and I could not see anything and that was one of the scariest Horror Nights experiences (laughs) I've had. I like fell on the floor because I was walking Uh, into walls.
0: I remember I walked into a wall in the house too. (laughs)
1: Um, But I do also think if you do buy Express and you get the Express where you can go one time per house, which I think now is the majority of Expresses, you can do Stay and Scream and get straight in one of those lines and not use your express and use that time so you wait it for the one specific like one. not
0: use up your yeah. one express per house and, to get extra runs through we did that yeah. last year a few and, times yeah
1: and save your express to go through later in the night mm-hmm. that way you, you only use your one-time express when it's actually busy yeah. rather than time that you could kind be
0: wasting it early mm-hmm. right not that it's a waste but you yeah know. yeah we did that la- we i think i made at least one video last year in stay and scream maybe Maybe more, but at least one. But we actually like Stay and Scream, like Sam said, because it's just kind of like fun. And we always end up chatting with people. And I don't know. It's just a fun way to start the night.
1: Yeah. But Those are my ticket
0: tips. Ticketed tips. Maximizing your night. There's a million ways to do mm. this event. And whatever way is fun for you is the right way. There's yeah. no right or wrong. It's whatever is fun for you.
1: Halloween Horror Nights is something different for everyone who goes. Mm -hmm. You can go and rush through every house a Mm -hmm. million times. Mm -hmm. You can spend time in the scare zones, enjoy food, just hang out. There's no right or wrong way to do Halloween Horror Nights. It's just your way that you want to do.
0: Agree, totally,
1: totally. And I don't think anyone can tell you the best way to do it because it depends on what your priorities are.
0: I agree. That's, you know, it's everyone's opinion of what, is the best for them. But what's the best for you might be different. So we like to kind of give you the overview and our kind of general tips and advice, but let you make the most of the event in your own way, which I think is the best way
1: yeah and show you how we like to enjoy it yeah
0: i definitely show you how we do it in my vlogs i don't usually do a ton of vlogs of the event during it we'll go a ton of nights with no camera making no you, videos you
1: do more vlogs leading up to the leading event. up to
0: the event yeah and then i'll do opening night and then i'll do a couple throughout the event but i don't want to kind of overload it once it starts but
1: i feel like i've got stay and scream and getting those houses down now after like yeah. many many years <laughs> of learning <laughs>
0: I think so, too. I think we're Stay and Scream pros now. Yeah. Another little thing is that there are some specialty pass holder offerings. So on certain levels of pass, you will get one free night of Halloween Horror Nights. You will get special pricing on single night tickets. Obviously, pass holders can do Stay and Scream without having to pay for that Scream early ticket. Also, pass holders can get up to 35% off on Universal Hotel rooms during the event. There's also, they said, a special magnet they're going to release for pass holders during this event. So I'll be showing all of that in my videos too, but that's exciting.
1: Halloween Horror Nights is nearly here for the 32nd time. Woo! (laughs) 32nd.5.
0: Look at this, I just see on the website. Your 2023 Halloween Horror Nights ticket purchase unlocks six months of Peacock. Yeah. Oh, so there, there you go. Do that too. Really quickly, let's talk about a few of the extra things, like something that we do every year, which is the daytime tour of houses. The the behind-the-scenes Unmasking the Horror Tour is back this year. This is a daytime tour. You can choose between three houses or six houses, and the price will differ based on what you choose, but it is Wonderful. If you are a diehard fan of this event, if you're someone who really loves to see sets and props and hear the backstories, you know, on the nights you're at the event, you can see what's going on, but it's dark. There's a lot of people. But if you want a daytime lights on tour, highly recommend this. You learn so much. You have a great time. The prices range, but they started around $120 per person. And, you know, it's just one of the extras that you can do that I recommend is really fun. You could also take some photos inside the houses during this tour.
1: I also recommend it for people who are a little wary or scared of the event. True. Because it's a great way to see inside and what to expect with the lights on. Mm -hmm. And there's no scare actors. There's Mm -hmm. no dark lights. No one's going to pop out at you during this. So it's a great way to dip your toe in (laughs) if you're interested in Halloween Horror Nights, but you're not sure if it's too scary.
0: Another specialty experience that you can do is a Halloween Horror Nights RIP tour. You can either get a private tour with just your group Or you can be part of a larger group, and this includes like Express, Priority Access. It is, you know, an upcharge specialty experience. If you really, really want to maximize that night, let's say you have one night. And also, this is, again, if you have the means to afford something like this. The ticket prices can vary greatly depending on the night and what kind you purchase. But um, it's something you can find out about on the website, the RIP tour, either private or the regular. It is something that is a very special specialty experience. If you're looking for, you know, that next level. I think, Sam, I think that covers it.
1: I think we've covered everything <laughs> coming to Halloween Horror Nights 32. I which think is so. just over a one month away.
0: We didn't go into detail on the ticket packages, but you can purchase single night tickets, Frequent Fear, Frequent Fear Plus, Rush of Fear, Ultimate Frequent Fear. You can go on the website for that because there's a lot of details and pricing and you can sort that out. But just really, that depends on how many nights are you going to be here at the event?
1: If you are interested in the lore and history of the event, I do have a playlist on my channel, Expedition Theme Park, on the complete history of Halloween Horror Nights. I have a video that talks about Jack the Clown, and it mentions Oddfellow. But for my Expedition Haunt fans, I will be doing a new Expedition Haunt sooner rather than later. So there'll be more Horror Nights on the Expedition Theme Park channel coming soon.
0: Exciting. And remember earlier when I said about doing your Halloween Horror Nights homework, like watching the movies and shows, I consider your Halloween Horror Nights playlist of the lore and background and history of the event and the icons as required, required watching for your Halloween Horror Nights homework. If you don't know anything about all this stuff, it's really interesting, really creative, and you gotta watch it. Then you'll be the pro, telling all your friends. Did you know that in this year, this icon appeared?
1: (laughs) Did you know that the King of Souls now is where Oddfellow was likely residing for his many years? (gasps) On that note, one last thing. I have a question for everybody. I want to know what houses and scare zones you are most excited for Mm. this year. Mm. And if you're not going to Halloween Horror Nights, Mm. tell me about your local haunts that you enjoy going to.
0: I love that. And Sam and I love to visit our local haunts as well. You can find those on my YouTube channel, Super Enthused. I do vlogs of a lot of the local independent haunts as well. And we'll be posting them on social media and stuff too. We love to support them. And we'll talk about them a little bit more in upcoming podcast episodes. We just kind of want this to be a HHN 32 special. This is the 32nd year of Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Orlando. You'll see the number 32 woven throughout the event like the shipyard scare zone so keep your eye out for that and you'll you'll learn about more easter eggs and little details throughout our podcast and our videos
1: is the middle of summer but halloween is here
0: Wait, wait, it's not the middle of summer sam it's
1: it's the the dog dog days of
0: summer the dog days if i
1: have i can't wait till the dog days of summer (laughs) are over (laughs) 11 days till not so scary starts halloween is here
0: wow And we'll talk about that too. Uh, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, local haunts. We'll talk about all of that. Stay tuned for future podcast episodes.
1: Let me know your most anticipated houses. Email us, expeditionenthused at gmail.com. Tweet us or X us. I don't know what it's called now. I I don't know. Just tweet us.
0: Yeah, tweet us. Tag us
1: on Instagram. (laughs)
0: Hashtag expedition enthused.
1: See you in expedition horror this year.
0: Woo!
1: See you in the fog. That's (laughs) That's, <laughs> that's all I've got to say now.
0: All I gotta say is, see you in the fall.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this Halloween Horror Nights episode ten special.
0: We'll see you in our upcoming videos on our YouTube channels, Expedition Theme Park and Super Enthused, and we'll be back with episode eleven next of Expedition Enthused, a theme park podcast. Thank you so much for being here with us. As always, stay enthused. And we will see you next time. In the fog.